Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Got we got a lot of bad feedback from. <laughs> I was living love from the Furby community. Wait, what? We were getting a lot of love from the uh, long Furby. Are community, we really a lot of hate from everybody else? Yeah, because I was loving like some of the the like what people have said about the long Furbies. I was like, what have I done? Have I just exiled us from everything? <laughs> This is the price of being weird, I suppose. Disturbing. Yeah. Are those G.I. Joe arms? <laughs> <laughs> Ew! Um, well, also, I love the comment, me when I'm able to open the pickle jar on my own. <laughs> oh, it gets me every time. I, I have a funny story for you. I think I texted you this, but I um, I'm crying a little bit. <laughs> I accidentally I don't know what got into me. I think it was I think I had been drinking or something, and then I was really tired and I was going to bed, and I wasn't paying attention. I was just texting a whole bunch of people, and I wasn't paying attention to who I was sending what to, and I ended up oh, yeah. that, sending that three series of really disturbing long Furbies to uh, my friend Elena instead of you. (laughs) And the next morning, what did she text me? Hold on one second. Let me just pull it up. It was really funny. Um, And I was like, oh my God, what have I done? She just goes, I'm confused and disturbed, dot, dot, dot. What is that? I don't blame her. If you're if you're sent a long Furby out of context, it is a jarring experience. <laughs> yeah, let me just send the screenshot to you. I kind of don't want to cut any of this out. So, hi, I'm Andrea. Hi, I'm Emily. <laughs> and you're listening to Grizzly Grapes. I'm like episode thirty-four. I'm so jazzed for it. Mm. Me too, except for. I don't know what's gotten into me today, but I, <laughs> I'll i get a little bit into the saga, just a smidge, but I, for some reason, feel like I could use a good burp. And I can't remember if we said this on a previous podcast, how we 
biologically cannot burp <laughs> for some reason. Oh my god. It is it's devastating. I feel like I'd feel so much better if I could burp right Drinking now. carbonated beverages is like <laughs> I just remember at, at the Halloween party <laughs> we played drinking games exclusively with Trulies. And you and I were both dying. <laughs> and we can't burp. Like when we do it comes out as like a really <laughs> a really aggressive it's like you're vomiting but it's only air. <laughs> or sometimes it just comes up as like a little like nothing. It's like a <laughs> a little puff. A little puff the magic so dragon. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah, it's really unfortunate. I also just ate dinner, too, and that doesn't really help my case. I've gotten really into, like, seltzer water lately, too, which is about our worst nightmare. <laughs> I still can't burp. I, I have chugged. I came back home, and I was so thirsty, but for some reason, I was like, nah, I don't want water. It's too plain. And I was like, ooh, seltzer. But I was really thirsty, so I decided to chug it, and it was the worst experience ever. Why would you do that? Because I was desperate and I was desperately against water. You want the spicy water? I want Why the is it water spicy? that tastes like... Why is it spicy? Uh, <laughs> I want the cheesy static water. <laughs> that was... Give me that there has never TV been static. <laughs> there has never been a true, truer word spoken when I saw that meme and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> seltzer water tastes like TV static. <laughs> I love the internet for stuff like that. <laughs> it has awakened me to so many things. Not in long for Well, <laughs> yeah, I feel kind of bad about exposing the world to that, but yeah. I don't know. Oh I'm fascinated. What else? It was long Furbies and what's the other disturbing thing? Oh, cryptid. <laughs> Oh, cryptid erotica! Like, cryptid erotica! <laughs> oh my god! Wait, let me see if I can find a really good one of those because I feel like I could use it this week. Oh my god! Hang on I'm gonna take a swig of wine. Mm-hmm. I am once again still drinking out of the bottle <laughs> because I am still a piece of garbage. Oh no. I just snotted a little bit. Okay, ready? Yep. This title is called The Physical Manifestation of Wordle as a slightly frustrating but ultimately rewarding and meditative daily routine. (laughs) (laughs) After hearing good things about the online game Wordle, (laughs) Carl tries his hand And this daily contest, he's already got a great morning routine, and he's excited to add something new to the mix. Unfortunately, Carl's Wordle game goes south quickly, ending in disaster and ruining Carl's day. (gasps) When the physical manifestation of Wordle challenges Carl's preconceived notions about relaxation and meditation, Carl is willing to give the game one more shot. Oh, God. The problem is simple. Carl keeps guessing sex-based words. However, the physical manifestation of Wordle is ready to do whatever it takes for better results. Oh, my God. I can't finish that. 
You have to. This are- <laughs> oh my god. You started this. I might just like bleep this entire section out. But I have to hear okay. it, please. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> no. This erotic tale is 4,100 word, words of sizzling human on gay physical manifested work team action. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Who comes up with that? I don't know. But I... I I don't know if I can say that I'm happy it exists. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I am happy it exists because it makes me laugh so hard. Um, also, I'm I played sure. Wordle today and my friend and I were incredibly frustrated by it. So, okay, Carl. <laughs> I haven't actually given it a try yet because I I feel like I'm going to get absolutely addicted to it. There, We're starting off strong in the first 10 minutes with probably <laughs> about four and one very long section bleep. But, yeah. <laughs> um, oh my god. But I, I, I guess on a more serious note, uh, again, I'm so sorry, guys. Again, there's audio issues. I've let you down for a second week. Um, unfortunately, as I was telling Emily, I lost huge chunks of the last episode for an inexplicable reason i don't know why the software just like deleted multiple sections of audio and it was the most pain in the whole situation so the original audio was spared so i had to go in and like splice it in which took hours and hours of work (laughs) but if you heard the last episode and you noticed like a different in the volume a difference in volume i'm so sorry i was trying to figure it out the entire time and that was the best i could do those are the spliced sections to try and make it coherent we do our best (laughs) we try amateur hour certainly yeah um we most certainly are amateurs and guess what we're doing this for fun so i'm so sorry um which also brings me up to another point too because i feel a lot of guilt um and some slight stress about the fact that we haven't been able to put out episodes every week like we used to unfortunately (laughs) um there's a lot that's come up in life recently uh for both of us and so We are trying our darndest to give you guys episodes because guess what? I literally love this so much. This podcast is going to sound so stupid, but it actually gives me a sense of connection and purpose. And it's something I look forward to every single, every single time we're able to do it. So I'm, I think Emily and I, I think what maybe I'm speaking for the two of us prematurely, but. I think what we're doing now with the the episodes at least um, once every two weeks is probably the best we can do for right now. Hopefully, we can get back to the weekly ones. But yeah, life is just one day. Cuckoo (laughs) for cocoa puffs. Can I just say (laughs) to? I know we've talked about this for I think the past three now three episodes about how we've surpassed our one year potiversary. But I was thinking about 
when I was talking with you about starting a podcast and you're like, yeah, do you remember? And I was sending you the, um, our theme song originally. I was so excited. <laughs> it's so funny to think now that we, <laughs> we've done this for over a year now. Um, and it's brought so much joy to my life. I can't even, this probably sounds so dumb and cheesy to say, but it genuinely is something I love doing. I mean, I really enjoy doing it as well. And it's fun to like connect with the void, which is a lot of our family and friends, (laughs) but then some people that we don't know, but it's fun to connect with people on that level and also just talk about weird, weird things. (laughs) And it's fun, too, because with you being so far away and literally being my other half of a human being, it's a way for us to connect, too. I learned about all the terrible things going on in New York City that you have to deal with. (laughs) Just you wait. Oh, no. That will be coming up. I owe everyone a, a good, solid New York nightmare catalog. A good, juicy. Yeah. Brandon Brandon was the one to suggest that name and I I have to text I keep meaning to text him every week and be like, "Hey, uh do you remember what the original name was when we started this?" <laughs> um because it's morphed into whatever it is now and I feel like I keep changing the yeah, name. Yeah, I think every couple of episodes it just but it's okay. Everyone it everyone's familiar with it if you've been following it. But yeah, so not only do I have that, but I have a mega New York Nightmare catalog as my case this week. So, but that that's coming down the turnpike. The Jersey. What have you been up to? Yeah, it's a it's a real Jersey turnpike. I do have some big news. Please tell that I think I think the boy needs to hear. Um, Oh no! No, I sent this to you, guys, folks, beloved void. I think. I may have located the real life restaurant manifestation oh, of yes. the Cannibal Cafe here in Paris. <laughs> oh, I forgot. How did I forget that? It's not. Oh yeah, yeah. So, you know what, folks? It's not like anybody who's actually on the, the internet cafe, the Cannibal Cafe, would probably be very disappointed going to this one. But I have to check it out, and I've made it my life mission right now to go. So you oh just wait. Oh, my God. Wait. You need to report back. I'll let you I'm know. I'm so curious. Yeah it's, yeah, it's within Paris. It's not terribly far from me. So mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go check it out. Le Cannibal Cafe. I want to look at their... It sounds so much better when it's in French. I have to look at their menu, so... Actually, not that pricey. Damn. All right. I'm a-living. We've got some hard-boiled eggs with mayonnaise. (laughs) Ew! (laughs) I love the French word for, like, uh, octopus. What is it? Poulp. (laughs) Like pulp? Yeah, but it's poulp. Yeah. Um, you have a t- the tentacles of an octopus. <laughs> Is that with the eggs and mayonnaise? No. <laughs> you have ribs of a pig. Don't worry. Okay, and then you can get oysters on the half shell to pair with that weird wine that you had, Andrea. Oh my god! 
Oh, there's a cannibal burger. Dare I ask what's in it? A spicy mayonnaise. (laughs) (laughs) And meat originating from Normandy. (laughs) What meat? They do not say. That is suspicious. Anyway, that's... Sandra, what's new in your life? (laughs) I say this every week. Not much, to be honest. I do the same things. I'm a creature of habit. I've, I uh, sympathize with our mother every day. We, we once told our mom that she'd be the easiest person to stalk because she literally does the same thing every day, eats the same things. Yeah. Um, and I am turning out to be just like her every single day. But <clears throat> not to get sad, but I believe in being um, candid and honest because it may help someone somewhere at some time. I know I've kind of talked about it. I'm not kind of talked about it. I've been pretty open about it on this podcast about my, my uh, struggles with mental health, if you will. Um, and I feel like when you say that you have mental health issues, people look at you and they like pity you and you're like, Oh, this poor tortured soul. And you like think that they're depressed all the time. But that is certainly not the case for me. (laughs) In fact, actually, now that I have everything under control and I'm going to therapy, I definitely have far more good days than I do bad days. And I hate to use the word normal, but I feel like I'm feeling how most other people feel on a day-to-day basis. I don't know. It's kind of like having a chronic illness in the sense that you have to take medications daily to help you live a little bit easier in this society. So (laughs) all that preamble just to say is I've been testing out different medications for my mental health and my body is feeling it. Yeah. I mean, so far so good. I usually, I feel like there's a, um, what's the reverse of a honeymoon period, like a hell period with medications where you just like feel the symptoms until your body gets used to it. I feel like that's what I'm in right now. And unfortunately that includes a lot of nausea. But that's okay. I'm still drinking tonight, so it can't be that bad. Oh my god, Andrea. (laughs) But I guess on like a happy note, I have to tell you about this discovery I had today (laughs) in a good news. Um, Do you remember how I was saying I used to dip ginger snap cookies in cookie butter from Trader Joe's? Yes. Also, well, (laughs) I found something even better. And I saw it today and I got so excited. I got the regular kind and then I got this kind. But Biscoff cookies came out. I don't know how long these have been around, but this is the first time I've seen them. But they've come out with these cookie sandwiches with Biscoff cream inside. Holy (gasps) farting shark balls. They're so good. Oh, my God. It's my dream dessert. And perhaps snack sometimes. <laughs> okay, I'm just picturing your obsession right now with like the the um, canned, not canned. Oh, mandarin oranges. The cup of mandarin oranges. And, no, and I'm just I'm picturing not that being transferred into cookies. <laughs> I ain't joking, bitch. Um, no, it's their entire cans of mandarin oranges. <laughs> <laughs> and you couldn't find 
find them the other day, so you bought peaches. I know. I was so sad, Peach. and then I realized I don't really like the peaches. The mandarin oranges slap on a whole different level. You know what slapped but- was those apricots. Oh, my God. Yes, you were texting me about that the other day. Yes, they're so good. God dang. I want canned apricots. <laughs> I want I have one last can of the mandarin oranges, and you best bet I will be eating it tonight. <laughs> spicy. <laughs> Why is it spicy? Why is it spicy? Well, that's all I got to say about my life, which it sounds like really depressing, but I want to – I just want to, like, reassure people because – I've had a couple people be like, oh, you know, I like, I don't know when you're happy. I feel like you're sad all the time. And I'm like, what? I'm literally happy. I'd say probably about 85% of the time these days. Like, bro, I can feel happiness again. <laughs> it's nice. It is. You nice. should try it. <laughs> have you heard I'm about this thing called happiness? The- yeah. Have you heard about this thing called serotonin? <laughs> should we dive into some new york nightmare catalog slash horror stories i can't remember what it is anymore (laughs) i know we're at like almost 30 minutes in (laughs) i keep saying the time but then i it's so different when you massive quantities out like in our last episode we are recording the original audio was over two hours and i got it down to i think it was an hour and 30 minutes Okay, we always talk about this. <laughs> I know. Every single episode, I feel, we're cursed. But are you ready, Emily? I'm ready. Click. Buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> 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 okay, this, I should not be laughing because right out of the gate, I want to I wanna just mention this one. But I am planning on doing it in a future episode. So get ready. Um, A string of murders of homeless individuals said to be linked to attacks in Washington, D.C. So it's happening right now, obviously, in New York. Um, So I – yeah, that's been happening, which is Jesus, cheese and rice. It's so – it's – Oh God, it breaks my heart. But um, but yeah, I want to cover that one a little bit more in detail because it's it's kind of a, a it, there's a lot to it. <laughs> but anyway, moving on because that one's really depressing. I'm sorry, guys. I don't mean to make this a sad episode. But guess what? Crime is not fun. This one's not really fun either. But it's kind of what the employee says at the end, which makes me laugh really hard. <laughs> So on Saturday, around 4 o'clock p.m., Emily, I don't know if you heard about this one. I think this one made national news. Two employees working at the MoMA, so the Museum of Modern Art in New York, were stabbed by a disgruntled man whose membership to the museum had recently been revoked. He climbed over the desk before stabbing the two employees. Both employees sustained non-life-threatening injuries and are expected to make a full recovery. Even one of the injured employees could be heard yelling, I'm going to get hazard pay, as she was wheeled from the museum on a stretcher covered in blood. Jesus. Oh my god. I feel like that's something I'd yell, which I'm like, that's why that made me laugh. Like when COVID came around and they were like, oh, hazard pay, I'm like... I don't care if I get sick. Hazard pay. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. <laughs> a gun was stolen from an off-duty police officer in Hell's Kitchen during a fight at 4.30 a.m. last Friday. The four suspects fled in a gray Dodge Charger southbound on 9th Avenue. As far as I've heard about that one, uh, no one's been arrested yet. A man armed with a machete robbed a gas station in Washington Heights of its candy. <laughs> no money. Just candy. But this one's the best one. And this will be closing off favorite <laughs> catalogs. But <laughs> additionally, yesterday in Brooklyn, a man sporting a ski mask robbed a local Rite Aid. Of a hundred containers of Hagen Dazs ice cream before fleeing to the nearest subway. Oh, if I could steal anything, you bet it would be Hagen Dazs. <laughs> what is he gonna do with a hundred? How is he gonna get and it? They're all gonna mess. Yes, by exactly. the time. Can't even resell that. Like, are you gonna eat all of it? I don't know. What are you doing that you grab a hundred? I don't know how you get that amount of time. Maybe they're like the mini ones. You know what I'm talking about? I'm suspecting. Be economical and just go for the big ones. Yeah, just grab a few big ones. They'll add up to the hundred. I don't know. But yeah. Man loves his ice cream. (laughs) When that popped up on the Citizen app, I... (laughs) I cannot tell you exactly what my reaction was, but it was one of... Mirth. Feeling bad for the employees and I guess for that local writing, but laughing hysterically at the circumstance. He didn't take money, he just took ice cream. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's uh it technically, I guess, stealing money if you steal merch merchandise because that's something True. those are hundred little teeny tiny Hagen Dazes that they could have sold. Probably amounts to about two hundred dollars. <laughs> Probably over over two hundred dollars. Oh, that's right. Inflation. I forgot. Um, <laughs> probably what, like four ninety nine now? I don't know. Four hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> yep. Um, I feel like that. I know I had mentioned something. I had alluded to Arrested Development earlier, but I was just thinking of um, Lucille Bluth when she's like, "How much could a banana cost?" Michael, ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly that. Yeah. Except it wouldn't surprise me nowadays. <laughs> it really wouldn't actually. Um, well, 
Emily, what are you drinking? <sighs> okay, so I was messaging about you this. I was messaging. Wow, I can't talk. I was messaging you about <laughs> this earlier, and I realized I think because I was just so tired yesterday when I bought it that I thought it was a lot funnier than it actually is. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I pulled it out of my fridge again, I was like, Emily, why were you so excited to tell Andrea about this oh. wine? It's not that funny. <laughs> so I went with a rosé today because it, the weather was supposed to be nice and it wasn't. <laughs> it was supposed to be like 70 degrees. Oh. And it ended up being like 55 and cloudy. <laughs> but anyway... I was feeling in the summer mood, so I went with a rosé, and I hadn't tried this one. I'm realizing I'm like I'm sort of blowing through a lot of the the wines in my local grocery store that they have because of grizzly grapes. I've, I keep trying to try something <laughs> new, and yeah, but like new within wines that I'd actually drink. Like I'm not gonna drink a moscato. Because I find this oh. disgustingly sweet. But anyway, yeah. Um, I'm gonna butcher the name of this, so please bear with me. Okay. I'm gonna say it how I think it's pronounced. It's like our the void is gonna kill me. I hope they do. And then I'll have something to report on. I'll do a solo episode. Uh, of the events leading up to your Rude. <laughs> Okay, it's called... I'd hope you do the same to me. Or for me. That I would report on you. <laughs> yeah. I would, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you would. Let my legacy live on in true crime podcast history. Bitch, I hope the fuck you Although, do. don't, if I swear to God, if somebody says, oh, she was the type of person to light up a room, I will strangle you from beyond the grave. <laughs> you will come back, appear in my room... If somebody does any of that generic shart, I will I will come back and haunt you, I swear. <laughs> I swear on my already dead body. <laughs> this just reminds me of I just imagine like do you remember when we tried to scare each other when we were younger? <laughs> and you- <laughs> okay. It was like all within one week and I think we stopped after that. Or stopped trying to scare each other, like, after the lights went out. But I remember I tried it first. I tried to sneak over to Andrea's side of the room in the dark and jump on her bed. And I didn't realize, like, that the vacuum cleaner was right there. And so when I jumped, I tripped over the vacuum cleaner and sliced my toe open. (laughs) You were, like, straight up bleeding. (laughs) <laughs> so that failed <laughs> I just remember Andrew too you like shot out of bed and you were like oh. are you okay <laughs> and then my favorite is your fail when you tried to do the same to me <laughs> wait what? was it me too was it me trying to do the same thing to yeah you, you tried to jump on my bed but I just remember hearing this loud like really painful thud of like wood on bone <laughs> And here you collapse to the floor. (laughs) And you just say, sweet Taylor Laundry. (laughs) Andrea had hit her crotch on my bedpost. (laughs) I... (laughs) 
killed Sweet Taylor Lautner that hurts. <laughs> I'm crying. Oh god, I feel like I need to burn. <laughs> Let it out. Oh my god, I'm crying. I'm crying too. Oh my god. Oh Jesus. <sighs> okay. Okay, I'm gonna finally pronounce the name of this wine. <laughs> it's Domaine <laughs> for Godzilla. <laughs> what? I'm not saying it right. I have no idea. I have no idea how you pronounce this. It doesn't look French. <laughs> I'm so sorry if there's disgusting noises coming from the background. I can't control what's coming up out of my throat right now. <laughs> the little puffs of air. This feels like that TikTok when the guy chugs the seltzer. Oh my god, he's like, what do I do? The garage door. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> That's you right now. Okay, anyway, it's... I don't know how you say this. Domain Virgagelo. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> you're gonna from... have to send me a pic of this we're gonna have to post it and have people tell us what they think it is it's from it's a product of France I don't know where this name comes from it comes from Eau de Beauté like the Isle of Beauty I thought that was absolutely ridiculous like yes our wine comes from the Isle of Beauty <laughs> When you say Isle of Beauty, I'm just like picturing the grocery store when it just like has the beauty aisle. <laughs> it should be found there. Oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm crying. Because <laughs> there's like a lot of like the address of where this was bottled too. I have no idea how to pronounce. Oh my god, it makes so much sense. Okay. <laughs> so it's from Corsica. But anyway, yeah, that's why there's probably a lot of names that I cannot pronounce. But anyway, it is a 2021 vintage. So I don't know how we feel about that. <laughs> the fact that we're moving from 2020 wines into 2021 is wild to me. But anyway, it's 12%. So maybe not like the most hardcore. I've been, I feel like I've been, normally I go for like the 13s. <laughs> we're a little, we're a little modest today. Um, it's right. not great. <laughs> oh no. Um, it's like, it's fine. It's fine. Um, it's a little grapefruity, like peppery or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting a little note of that. Spicy. Why is it spicy? Um, but I have to say it's like kind of bitter. doesn't have a lot of aftertaste. It does go down pretty easily. So <laughs> depends on what you're drinking it for. Anyway, right. Andrea, what are you drinking? I'm very excited to announce this. Let me just pull it up because I'm going to send you a picture at the same time I say it. <laughs> All right. I have finally gotten my hands on some Snoop Doggy Dog Rose. No. Seeing Snoop on a bottle of rosé is wild. Yeah, it, it is something I could not believe when I finally got my hands on it. I was so excited. Oh my god. Yes. Is the bottle hazy See? or is it really that? Oh yeah, no, it's hazy. Yeah, it's definitely very hazy. Um, 
So I have to go to the app and figure out what he has to say for himself about this bottle, but it's also on the um, the low alcohol content side. It's only a 10.5%. It is a 2020 vintage, and I just need to read the back dramatically for you. 19 Crimes tells the true story of rule breakers who beat the odds, overcame adversity, and went on to become folk heroes in their story. I'm sorry, I'm crying. Um, (laughs) This spirit lives on today through innovations and culture creators like Callie's own Snoop Dogg. A leader in contemporary pop culture, Snoop Dogg embodies the timeless values of the 19 crime rogues who came before him. Glasses up. What? The fact that they're saying this about rosé? <laughs> or tying it to a bottle of rosé, I mean. I, uh, I When I think of rosé, I don't think of Snoop Dogg. But you do now? <laughs> so, actually, I thought this rosé was going to suck hardcore. It's, I think, on the sweeter side a little bit, um, which I don't like. But it's actually drinkable. Shockingly enough. So Snoop Dogg, you did a good job. (laughs) Drop this wine like it's hot. All right, Emily, you're first this week, right? I don't remember. (laughs) I think I went first last time because, oh, I don't remember. Yeah, I went first last time, I think. It doesn't matter because I'm really rather excited for this one. (laughs) I'm so excited too. Um... I don't know why I'm laughing because it's actually really horrendous and actually and okay Andrea you already know what I'm gonna be doing but did you know about this beforehand (laughs) I I only knew the bare bones of it not like deep in the story I'd heard of it and I was like oh my god that's horrifying yeah like thinking about it like I've heard I've heard of this story I've never like looked at the details and then I didn't even go that deep into it before. And you and I both live in metropolises. So I know. I guess there's that extra level of like horror. I know. It, it makes so much sense. I also have a funny anecdote after this about living okay, in a metropolis. Um, it's not so funny, but it was after the fact. But anyway, so I am doing the sarin attack in Tokyo of March 1995. Sarin? Sarin? I have no idea how you pronounce it, to be honest. Let me consult my trusty. I should have looked this up beforehand, but now I'm realizing I don't actually. I know nothing. Okay, it's called Sarin. We're going to go I with that. I just said Super Sarin. <sighs> okay, so some. Uh, I was trying to find more of the details of. The, the victims and sort of what they saw happen. And the closest I could get was this account of um, Haruki Murakami, uh, who's a journalist and a writer, and he managed to compile some of the stories, but just to get a better image of what these people might have seen. And so this happens at the end of March, March 20th, which is coming right up. <laughs> In 1995, so it's a spring day, it's a little chilly, uh, it's the morning and on Monday, and you're looking forward to the spring equinox, which is a national holiday. Oh. I know, I know. 
So I feel like Mondays are just such mundane days too. It's just like, oh, well, run in the mill, going to work. Yeah, yeah. You're just back in your routine and you definitely feel it. So picture that feeling of Monday morning on public transportation for all of you who have to take public transportation. <laughs> so imagine you're boarding the train and it's crowded because it's a Monday morning and nobody wants to be there, but you know, you're all just doing your thing. And it's like every other day. But then there's five disguised men who come into your carriage and they start poking at something on the floor with umbrellas. And they puncture these plastic bags that are filled with this liquid. What is that liquid, you might ask? What's in that strange liquid? Well, unlike what you thought would be your normal day... What was in the bag was one of is one of the most lethal nerve gases known to man. Oh my god! Did you say sarin? 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 I'm forgetting. Sarin. Sarin <laughs> flying. So, for those of you who don't know what sarin is, I'll I'll tell you because I didn't know either. It's a gas that was invented by the Nazis, and it's so lethal that even at very low concentrations, uh, it can be deadly. And so death occurs basically within one to 10 minutes after it's directly oh inhaled. Oh my God. I know. And how do you die? Well, it leads to respiratory paralysis. So you basically suffocate. Oh, that is horrifying. Yeah. And even if you don't receive a lethal dose, um, if you don't get immediately immediately medical help, uh, it can lead to neurological damage. So the stuff is not to be messed with. I'm saying. Yeah. So that little, <laughs> that little visualization that we were talking about, that actually happened on March 20th, 1995 in Tokyo, where several packages of this deadly sarin gas, <laughs> I keep having to think about it, um, they were set off in, in the Tokyo subway system. And unfortunately, 12 people died and over 5,000 people were injured. Oh my God. 5,000 people. That's insane. Yeah. So the Tokyo police obviously sprang into action and they learned actually pretty quickly who planted the weapons. And we're going to go into that. It was it kind of became rather obvious looking after the fact. And so they began to track these terrorists down. They basically set up a bunch of checkpoints across the country and tried to trap anyone who was involved. And it was basically an entire, what's that word? When you're fishing, the dragnet. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically like that across the entire country where they're just trying to, to capture these, these terrorists. So you're asking yourself, who done it? Who are these terrorists? Yes. Yes. It was the Umu Shinrikyo, which is spelled... <laughs> I'm sorry, did you hear that? No. <laughs> okay, it's the Om Shinrikyo. Uh, so in English, that translates to Supreme Truth. And this is a cult, folks. I couldn't tell by the name. <laughs> I know, when you hear Supreme Truth, that definitely does you conjure something really cultish. 
Yeah, for sure. Also, the story just made me think of a combination or I don't know. My mind was going through so many things, but I was thinking about the the cult that was starting in, like up north in Maine. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Either that or this story literally reminded me of a Bond villain. And we're going to go into that. But anyway, so this cult, uh, they weren't very original. <laughs> it's a Japanese doomsday cult. <laughs> oh. I know. Near doomsday. Well, they kind of created their own doomsday, I suppose. Yeah, they did in some sense, actually. Maybe they're just like, oh, I guess it's not real, so we should do it ourselves. Yeah. DIY sort of doomsday cult. Yeah. They're like, no doomsday cult is going to be as good as this doomsday cult. We're going to do it better. And this particular cult was founded by Shoko Asahara in 1987. So the Supreme Truth had thousands of followers all over Japan. Like thousands. It was pretty pretty big, actually. Um, which is kind of horrifying because we're going to go into sort of the horrible things that they've done. Um, but uh, to get into this cult, you had to surrender all of your personal assets. Of course you do. Of course. I know. So I feel like almost every single cult is like, yeah, give me all of your assets, all of your money. Give me your money. Show this me. This is your life now. Yeah. I'm the captain. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so big that the Supreme Truth had, they estimate like over a billion dollars of these personal assets that they stashed. Oh my God. I know. It's like horrifying. Not horrifying, but damn. Okay. (laughs) Weird flex, but okay. Weird flex, but okay. And so like, (laughs) like I'm just laughing because it's so cliche, but like all cults, there must be a leader. Which is Soko Asahara, as I mentioned earlier. And he. That sounds like a cult leader name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when I read his description and how he sees his purpose in life, you're going to laugh because it's like every, every cult leader out there. But anyway, the one thing that's a little different about him is that he was blind. And he's, oh. he was around 40 years old at the time. and But what is pretty cliche about him was that he had long hair and a, a long beard. <laughs> and he Sounds wore, about right. Yeah, he wore robes. <laughs> okay. Um, and he claimed, he thought that he was going to be the second coming of Jesus Christ. That he was <laughs> the second coming of Jesus Christ. Christ. And he also thought that he had... The second coming of cheese and rice. Of cheese and rice. He thought he was the second coming of cheese and rice. And he also believed he had the ability to time travel, um, which he might have done. He was described as meditating often on satin pillows. So maybe that's what he was doing while he was meditating. Wait, Emily. Time travel. What? Did he go to... What's the name of that street? (gasps) Time slips. Oh my god, what's the name of the street? I literally just <laughs> It's Ah Bond was it Bond Street? I think so. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. 
No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was Bold Street. Bold Street, that's the one. Yeah. He is responsible for the time slips of Bold Street in Liverpool. This 40-year-old man from Japan. He didn't claim to have created the time slips, but he did claim that he was the person, his life mission as the second coming of Jesus Christ is to take the sins of the world, place them upon himself, and transfer, and basically take these sins from his followers and erase them of their bad deeds and transmit to them this sort of spiritual power, which sounds like a load of bullshit to me. But anyway, um, the main thing as a doomsday cult was that there would be this final humanity-ending event, or Armageddon, as they liked to gather from the Book of Revelation. So... In Asahara's eyes, humanity would end, but the elite few who joined his cult would survive. Interesting. I know. Classic. Okay, so Andrea, when I say cult, what what do you think of? Like what what actions spring to mind? A sense of us against the world. Um, some pretty crazy shit. Yeah. Does it like bring up any names? Yeah, what's the what's the most famous one? Um, the Mansons. What's the one with the? It wasn't even Kool Aid, but it was like the. Oh my god, what is it? <clears throat> Jonestown. Oh my god, yeah. Every single time somebody brings up a cult, I think of Jonestown. I know they all didn't have that end, but when you say doomsday and you say cult, I don't know why part of me just thinks that. Yeah, I would say for doomsday, that's probably the the biggest one. But for me, I think of, like, the Mansons, and I think of, mm-hmm. basically, Mary I think Mary. of murder for batshit reasons. Oh, my God, yeah. I know. So, in this case, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, buckle up. <laughs> I just thought the, the kid, yeah. he gets pegged in the face with a ball, yeah. and he's like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, buckle up. Or take a swig of wine, actually. We need this. All right. So this cult was very, very active. Very active before <laughs> before the events of 1995. So well before the, the Sauron. <laughs> I almost said that with a very mean accent. The Sauron <laughs> attack. The cult was actually the center of a lot of controversy because... They were believed to have held members against their will, um, which doesn't surprise me for a cult. Uh, Also, the seizing of property and forcing people to donate money. 
And then they also apparently uh, allegedly murdered a cult member who wanted to leave them in 1989. But that's just, we're just scratching the surface, basically. So in July of 1993, thus starts their... I guess, few years bout of trying to create bioweapons. And so cult members decided that they wanted to, well, they did not decide. There was um, definitely, definitely there was a reason behind this. They have really weird reasons behind all of their, their attacks with bioweapons. But they had just tried to develop uh, anthrax. And so cult members sprayed large amounts of a liquid containing the spores of anthrax from the top of the roof of one of the cults or the cults Tokyo headquarters. Interesting. I know. So obviously you think anthrax, you're going to be terrified. Uh, But their plan fortunately failed and it just resulted in a lot of the neighbors and people in the area complaining about a terrible odor. <laughs> but nobody was infected, which is miraculous. Unfortunately, they were successful later on. They finally attempted and successfully manufactured uh, sarin. And this part I thought was absolutely wild. They decided to test the potency to see if it actually worked. Um, But they went to this remote, like, farming sort of, I don't know, in the bush. Can I say that? A farming village? No, it was like this, yeah, sort of like this remote farm. Not even like farming village, just remote property in part Mm -hmm. of Australia. Uh, And they tested, yeah, in Australia. And they tested it out on sheep. And unfortunately, when they tested it out, it killed 29 uh 29 sheep in the flock. No. I know. I know. I hated that. But I was like, why the hell did they go to Australia? So this leads us to the night of June 27th, 1994, which is the first sarin attack that the cult attempted. So from a... They converted a refrigerator truck uh, to release a cloud of sarin in the area to float around the neighborhood. Um, and they positioned the truck to be close to the home of judges because at the moment there was a lawsuit that would have neg- negatively impacted the real estate of the cult. So in order to, I guess, sway them or I don't know, I don't know what, the, I don't know what one's motivation is to potentially kill people, but Uh, They positioned this truck outside of the home of the judges. And unfortunately, this is also weird because I feel like people talk a lot about the the incident on the the subway, but they don't talk a lot about um, this incident, which killed eight and then injured 500, more than 500 people. Oh my God. I know. So if you couldn't tell, these people were batshit insane. So I'll just give some examples of some of the other stuff that they've done. Uh, They attacked and killed a 28-year-old man in 1994 with VX, which is another extremely toxic synthetic chemical, Uh, all because uh, Asahana suspected him of being a spy, 
which is weird. Interesting. Yeah. And there were also, I think, a couple more people that were attacked, but they didn't die. And then also a, a, a weird fact about this, too, is he was the first person, I think, in the world confirmed to be killed with the ex. In, That's wild. I know. In February of 1995, so just before the the attack in Tokyo, several cult members kidnapped uh, Kiyoshi Korea, 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 uh, who was an elderly brother of one member who managed to escape the cult. So they kidnapped him off of the streets in Tokyo and took him to their compound which is located near Mount Fuji, and killed him. But how they got rid of his body is what really, I guess... It's your goat? It did not get my goat. It surprised me. Um, oh. This part made me think of like a Bond villain, because A, I'm like, they have a, like a secret compound near Mount Fuji. And then they destroyed his, his corpse with a microwave-powered incinerator. What? Yeah. <laughs> And then whatever was left of him, yeah, whatever was left of him, they dumped into the nearby lake. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's absolutely wild. So with everything that's going on, it was no wonder that the police uh, caught wind of this and had made plans to raid the known cult facilities that were located across Japan. And they planned to do this in a synchronized event in March of 1995. But unfortunately, this was also the trigger of the deadly attack because the cults wanted to distract, um, wanted to pull, draw attention away from their compounds. And so they planned this. So on the morning of the 20th of March, 1995, the cult members released Sarin in a coordinated attack on five trains. Oh my God. Yeah. In the Tokyo subway system. The numbers that I mentioned before, that they killed 13 and that a, over, I think, over 1,000 were injured, they th- believe that even, like, maybe even six times that were injured, but they're, they couldn't quite get the numbers because a lot of the victims were rather reluctant to come forward because I believe that they're obviously afraid for their lives. Yeah, I'd say. I know. I know. I know. So since the cult had planned to draw attention away from them, it actually had the very much an opposite of effect. It sort of helped the authorities zero in on them. So Japanese authorities quickly decided to raid the cult's compounds across the country uh, and they were looking for Asahara. So they managed to find the, the camp at the base of Mount Fuji. And there they found all the chemicals that were used to produce the sarin gas. But what was wild was they also found a bunch of other crazy shit. <laughs> so they found laboratories that were man- manufacturing components for LSD and meth. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And they were trying to also create... Uh, some form of like truth serum, I guess was what some some accounts also said. And then they found a safe that was containing um millions, so millions, and there was cash, gold, etc. Like I don't know, seized items. And then there were also cells, so like jail cells in this place, what? and that they had prisoners. 
they still had prisoners within them. <laughs> but wait, it gets even more Bond villain-esque. <laughs> But wait, there's more. It's like a bad infomercial. So they, the police also found that there were plans to buy nuclear weapons from Russia. <laughs> With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What? That's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. So, in this raid, the police managed to find uh, one of the cult's top leaders. It wasn't Asahara, but he was definitely high up there. And when they were taking him into custody, he was stabbed to death by a an assassin. Oh my god. I know. It's wild. <laughs> uh, okay, and then in this raid shortly after, still within the Mount Fuji compound, they found this hidden basement. And within that hidden basement, there were other cult leaders that were hiding out there. Oh my god. I know. One of them was a, a chemist who made it's the sarin gas. Going. Yeah, it keeps it keeps going. But still, they couldn't find Asahara. He wasn't in that little basement. This is like uh, one of those pyramids in Egypt with all these like hidden chambers. I know. I w- I like couldn't find pictures of the plans, but I'm sure I'm sure you could find it somewhere. I would really love curious. to see them. So in the meantime, while they're still on the hunt for Asahara, uh, on the evening of the fifth of May, a there was this paper bag that was burning in the restroom in the toilets in one of uh tokyo's busy busier stations so when they investigated they found that it was actually a this hydrogen cyanide sort of bomb oh yeah (laughs) which if it had not been found and then if it had not been diffused uh it would have released enough gas so through like the ventilate, it would have traveled through the ventilation ventilation system, and it could have potentially killed around ten thousand people oh my God. who are passing through the subway system. I know, isn't that wild? So thank goodness they found that. Uh, also, in the meantime, uh, one of the nation's top police officers uh, was shot. Um, so needless to say, Japan was. Wild and yeah, absolutely chaotic at this time. There was a lot of unrest. People didn't really feel safe. Um, and that was when they finally found Asahara, who was hiding in a wall still within the Mount Fuji complex. <laughs> of course he was. Of course he was. Of course. Uh, and he was found on the sixteenth of May and arrested. Um, and on that very same day, the cult had mailed a bomb to the office of the governor of Tokyo at the time. And it did not reach him, uh, but it unfortunately did reach his secretary. And no. yeah, and I couldn't find any, I don't think they died, but it did uh, disfigure, it did mangle their hand. So they lost uh, lost some fingers. 
Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad they did not lose their life. Yeah, but I will tell you who did. Asahara and a lot of the other uh, cult leaders, they were charged with murder. And so Japan had, I don't know if it still does, but it had capital punishment at the time. So they were sentenced to death. Wowzers. Yeah. And so, Although I'm not surprised for something like that. Yeah. For the whole shebang. Like I know. That. Like, just reading about everything that they've done, holy shit. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess if you have capital punishment in your nation, uh, that would probably be the one that is the justification for it, I suppose. I don't know. I know. Anyway, it's not, it's like one of the most wild stories I think I've ever heard. It is. It's so Bond-esque and awful and terrifying. I know. I just can't imagine, like, just all these things are going on. And so I, like, yeah, because we live in metropolitan areas. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about this. And I didn't understand when people were talking, like, about this fear. Like, I knew of anthrax and all of that Mm -hmm. and whatnot, but, like... I didn't understand sort of that that collective fear around it. And now I'm starting to understand a little bit. Yeah. But there's this, like, funny, not funny story, but <laughs> when I was in Russia, like, the person I, I went with had this, she was, like, terrified of anthrax poisoning. And so everything, like, I remember there were bubbles that somebody was blowing and I decided it would be fun to pop one. And I did. And she's like, oh, it could be anthrax. But anyway... So we have TMJ. I don't think somebody would be blowing bubbles of anthrax. I know. I was like, who would be, if they did, that would be an stupid enough to, to do that? Um, I think that you would be exposed at that point because more bubbles burst in them <laughs> blowing them. <laughs> I know. I know. Make it out. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> unfortunately, okay, so we have TMJ and. It doesn't happen often. Actually, this is the first and only time this has ever happened to me. But a few days after that incident, um, I bit into a piece of bread and my jaw got stuck. And so I went to my friend and she's like, like, you have long jaw, you're going to die. And she's like, it's the anthrax. It's in your bread. It's in your bread. Anyway, so I drank... (laughs) <laughs> I loved off of drinkable yogurt for like three days and I was fine. <laughs> gogurt? Yeah, I lived off gogurt. The Russian version of gogurt. <laughs> but anyway, Andrea, I want to hear your story. Because I, I... you were kind of telling me about it, but I don't know. I don't know about it. And I'm really excited. Man, it's a wild time. Um, well, that yours is kind of, <laughs> this will not be quite as a wild ride as yours, but it is a wild ride because it is something that happened so incredibly recently in New York that I had to look up so many different sources to compile this together because every single news source had something from like one, two, three, four, five, six days ago and all with like different information. So I had to like try and compile this all together in like a coherent way. (laughs) But uh, it is probably one of the ultimate New York nightmare catalogs. So it's been a while since I've done one of these. I think the only other one I've done like this was the A-Train Ripper. Remember that one? I do remember the A-Train Ripper. (laughs) And Nick brings it up all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So... Buckle your seatbelts because I am about to do the story of Marcelin Harvey. Eek. (laughs) 
All right. So you'll probably, if you were to look up the name, a lot of articles use her dead name. Um, she's a transgender woman. So out of respect for the entirety of the trans community, I am using her chosen name. I'm not using her dead name. <clears throat> Thank you. It was March 3rd, 2022, just a few weeks ago, when a man was walking down the street on his way to a friend's place in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. He noticed a garbage bag in a discarded shopping cart at the intersection of Atlantic and Pennsylvania Avenues just outside of Highland Park in Brooklyn. It was uh, close to a construction safety gear store. Something compelled this man to look into the bag, which was not tied and partially rolled down. He reached his hand in, first touching a roll of toilet paper, before making contact with the skin of a human torso. Ew. Can you even imagine? I read that and I was like, I, I'd pass out. I, I would straight up pass out. I'd pour bleach on my hand and I'd pass out. I think I would sit, I would shower, no. I would shower for probably an entire day. I'd shower and bleach. <laughs> Rain on, on me. me. <laughs> okay, so this man promptly called 911 and police arrived on the scene and confirmed the grizzly. Hey, that's the name of this podcast. <gasps> Discovery of a dismembered torso. Missing arms, legs, and a head. With little to nothing at the time to find the killer, police had to comb through local CCT footage to find the clues. But wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. Marcelin Harvey was released from prison in 2019, now in her 80s. She had a checkered past spending over 50 years between two manslaughter charges for the killings of two women, once in 1963 and again in 1985. In 1963, Marceline had been dating Jacqueline Bonds, who was living with her at the time. Marceline was facing an attempted rape charge for an attack on another woman when she shot and killed Jacqueline Bonds in a public hallway of their apartment building in Harlem. There were witnesses to this crime, so she was arrested. The rape charge ap apparently was dropped because the, the attempted rape charge was uh, apparently dropped because the victim sadly never, uh, never showed up in court, which... I'm, to be honest, I'm not surprised. I think a lot of people end up doing that because it's just too much, too much to face your attacker. But uh, following a psychiatric evaluation in Bellevue, Marcelin was found to have schizoid personality, but was not deemed criminally insane. Interesting. I feel like when I say anything that starts with schiz, people think of schizophrenia. But with schizoid personality. It's like someone who has a very difficult time forming relationships with others. They have a very difficult time showing emotion. They come across as though they don't care for people. Um, things like that nature. Okay. A jury was unable to decide on the death penalty for this case, and so the judge sentenced Marceline to life in prison. It actually was like 20 to life. 
by the end of it, but you'll see. While in prison, Marcelin was allegedly present for the infamous Attica prison riot of 1971, where 29 inmates and 10 hostages were killed. Marceline acted as her own attorney in the class action lawsuit that followed the riot, but did not receive any of the settlement payout. Marceline was released on parole for the rest of her life in May of 1984 after serving 20 years for Jacqueline's murder. Less than a year later, in 1985, Marceline stabbed and killed another girlfriend, Anna Laura Sierras. Miranda. She later disposed of the dismembered body in garbage bags outside of Central Park. Oh my god. Unable to convict her of murder due to some lack of evidence, a jury found her guilty of manslaughter and she was sentenced to 6 to 12 years in prison. During her trial, Marceline told the judge that Anna would, on occasion, fail to pay her rent. That That's something. Oh my god. During her time in prison, Marceline became intrigued with tarot cards, even conducting tarot readings for fellow inmates. During her imprisonment for the killing of Anna Miranda, Marceline was denied the use of her tarot cards. Marceline appealed in 1993 on the grounds that it violated her First Amendment rights. This was rejected as authorities deemed the tarot cards a recreation and not part of a religion. Marceline became eligible for parole in the 1990s. However, due to her history, the parole board was wary of granting it to her. During one such hearing in 1997, Marceline stood before an all-female parole board and admitted to having, quote, problems end quote, with women, and did not accept accountability for her actions. It was on these grounds that the board rejected her parole. Marceline appealed on the basis that she was denied due process as the parole board was entirely compromised of women, and it was crimes against women that she had conducted. But this appeal was shot down in Albany, stating that there was no evidence to these claims. Marceline filed multiple lawsuits until she was released in 2019. Marceline had met then 68-year-old Susan Leiter via Facebook following her release. Susan was living in the Stonewall House which is a LGBTQIA-friendly housing for older adults in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Susan Leiter was born in Yonkers, New York, but grew up in Teaneck, New Jersey, graduating from Teaneck High School in 1972. She attended business school in Denver, dreaming of working in New York City's Garment District. Goals. But then tragedy struck. She was only in her 20s when she lost the majority of her family, her father, her twin brothers, and her sister. She eventually lost her elderly mother as well. She was utterly devastated but managed to push on, moving to Fort Lee, New Jersey, and eventually running a successful jewelry store. She married and had a daughter, but unfortunately this marriage would end in a very difficult divorce that left her a single mother. 
The following years, Susan's friends and family described a decline in her mental health, which led to her leaving her business and becoming estranged from her daughter and close friends. Her friends and family stated she was, at heart, an outgoing, loving, and fun person. Her daughter said she was a survivor when describing what she endured at a young age. Marceline and Susan knew each other for at least two years. There's actually, there's really bizarre Facebook accounts for both Susan and Marceline. Marceline's in particular, where there are like a bunch of pictures, some of them like catfishes, but one is the picture that the police use of Marceline in or not police, excuse me, the media uses a Marceline in a bunch of like news articles. And this picture is from like December of 2019. But there's like a bunch of pictures, some of them like catfish pictures from that time to now. And the more recent pictures are of Susan. It's really weird. Yeah, I find it kind of weird. So Susan was last seen entering Marceline's apartment wheeling a bag on February 27th, 2022, the day before our birthday, in Cypress Hills, Brooklyn. That was the last time Susan was seen alive. She was reported missing on March 2nd. It was Susan Lydon's torso found in the garbage bag on the morning of March 3rd. Only six hours after Marceline disposed of the shopping cart carrying her remains on the side of the street. Marceline was seen on surveillance video on March 1st at Home Depot in Manhattan, purchasing a reciprocating saw, garbage bags, and cleaning products with an unidentified female. Which, and let me get your thoughts on this. Which leads me to some speculation that she did not act alone. And there'll be some more evidence towards the end. So I want to get your thoughts on it at the end of this. Which, fishy. Marceline was also captured on surveillance video at a 99-cent store with a human leg in the back of her motorized wheelchair. (gasps) It's so disturbing. If you you watch the, the, the footage... You can see when she stands up to go look at something, you can see, like, the wrapped-up leg in the back of her wheelchair. Ew. And then there's the smoking gun. Surveillance footage captured Marceline dumping the trash bag carrying human remains on the side of the street. So police had all they needed to proceed. So they quickly executed a search warrant of Marceline's apartment in Cypress Hills on March 4th. So that is the day after the torso was found. Nothing could prepare them for what they saw when they entered. Firstly, and not really that scary, there were tarot cards laid out on the table. And when I was researching this case, I came across a New York, New York, so it New York City business. So it was a Marceline Harvey tarot card LinkedIn page. And I clicked it out of curiosity, but I cannot f- confirm that this was the Marceline Harvey that I am talking about now. But interesting all the same. <clears throat> okay, so we proceed. They that is then intriguing. found <laughs> it is. I have my suspicions, but alas, they then found the severed head of Susan 
Leiden, as well as some other body parts. There were some discarded saw blades and bloody shopping bags as well. They found her head in Marceline's apartment. Yeah, that is nightmare fuel. Hope my pro zacine or whatever it is works well tonight. On March 7th, one of Susan's dismembered legs, suspectedly the one caught in the camera footage, was found in another garbage bag in East New York, Brooklyn, on the intersection of Jamaica Avenue and Wayona Street. On March 10th, 83-year-old Marceline Harvey was arrested on the charge of concealment of a human corpse. Four days later, Emily, this Monday, this Monday that just happened, Marceline's charges were upgraded to include murder, tampering with physical evidence, and unlawful disposal, uh, disposal of a body. As Marceline left the 75th precinct, she, sh- she shouted to the press, I need a lawyer. I did nothing wrong. She is currently She drove around with a leg in her scooter. I know. And literally is caught disposing of the body. Um, she had her head in her apartment. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you did not even kill her, that accounts for something. I'm sorry. So she is currently held without bail and is being represented by legal aid. So Marceline Harvey is a 83-year-old serial killer. So apparently like serial killing, there's like a whole definition of it, but essentially most places will say three or more murders with a a distinct cooling off period. And so... These fit that mold. And this person's 83 years old and manages to do this, which begs the question, Emily, and I love the debate. Do you think she had an accomplice? Because I'm like, if she went to Home Depot and is purchasing these items, somebody who lives in an apartment building tells me they want to buy a reciprocating saw and garbage bags and cleaning products. Mm -hmm. If anyone, even if you have a house, if you have anything, even if you're working in construction, I'm asking questions. I know. You buy those things together. Like I, especially, like, maybe they're, they're like, oh, she's an 83-year-old woman. You're 83. You don't have it in you to kill someone. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. That's how she got away with it. For sure. And I think that's, like, when she eventually was let out on parole, I think it's because of her age. And they just thought, oh, well, you know. Maybe she's dangerous and has done these things before, but at 80 years old and you're a little more frail, you don't have it in you. Well, guess again. But I think that there's another person involved. I really do. That that footage is kind of sketchy to me. I mean, I don't... I don't think she was, like, going out in a wheelchair um, for show, and I think it would be pretty difficult for somebody who's that frail to operate a like a, a saw like that to literally dismember somebody. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know how much a human corpse weigh or a human torso weighs, but I imagine it's a lot. And, I mean, if you're pushing in a shopping cart, I guess that makes it easier. But, like, still, I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm really freaked out by this one. It's going to be interesting to see how it develops. Oh, you yeah. best be giving us updates. I I will. I'm really intrigued by this one. It is so it's gruesome. I'm just like the parole board was just like, oh yeah, if she's in her 80s, not going to happen. And then boom, 2022. Just goes to show you anything can happen. What is a crazy part of this case, too, is the NYPD is treating this as a serial killer case. So they are, any time that she got out on parole, they're looking at unsolved cases that might actually be linked to her. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So they're opening a bunch of new cases and looking into seeing if she's involved somehow. And it could possibly, it could very well be, who knows. Oh, this could be really interesting. This really could. I mean, it's wild to begin with, but I'm, I'm nervous. Yeah, right off the bat, it's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Wild Wild and out. But yeah, so there was an 83-year-old serial killer in (laughs) New York City. Eek! That's fun as I work in geriatrics. I know, Andrea. Wow. Be careful out Maybe there. not underestimate old, older adults. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but I'm laughing nervously. All right. Well, on that note, we had two pretty gruesome stories. A lot of nightmare fuel for people. I hope you have your blood pressure medications that help you fall asleep if you need it, like I do. I know what you're going to ask, and I can't think of anything. <laughs> we do this every week. I know. No, I, I know, know, every I know, I know, I know, I guess. I'm not going to lie. It took me a while to, like, think of something that I didn't mention in the beginning of this of this podcast. Because I feel like when we talk about our weeks, we talk about anything good that's happened, too. So I find it's a little bit harder at the end to think of something. I know. It'll be the simplest thing. Wait, and we no, talked about your kidding. face cream. <laughs> oh my god. That's a fun one. The joys of like once you get past twenty five and your body just doesn't have that like youthful vigor. <laughs> your can skin. I be, can I be honest? <laughs> Somebody the other day was like, How old are you? And I was like, twenty eight, and you're like, You should not have that those lines in your forehead at twenty eight. And she told me to use more sunscreen. <gasps> I wear <gasps> I was like, I wear sunscreen every single day, girl. It is stress. It's stress. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe, especially after the pandemic, I'm sure you noticed too, Andrea. <laughs> oh my God. I I saw pictures. Do you remember before the world shut down when we had our last yes. great birthday bash? I looked. I did not have bags under my eyes. I did not have a wrinkle in sight. I looked genuinely happy. Yeah. And then this pandemic happened, and I look like I've aged 10 years. I'm not even joking. I ain't joking, bitch. I ain't joking. Anyway, folks, the French pharmacy is a magical place. And if you ever go to France, I recommend checking it out if you're a fan of skincare. Um, You might have to do a little research beforehand because it's a little overwhelming because there's a bunch of stuff. But anyway, that's what I do in my spare time when I know I'm running low on the stuff that I currently have. I do a little bit of research. So I was reading and I found this one cream and so far it's done an amazing job at eliminating my forehead wrinkles. So I'm feeling a little bit better about myself. City of Squala. Yeah, they're still there, but they're a lot less pronounced. Also, my skin is hydrated and dewy as fuck. 
Wow. <gasps> oh my God. That's my, one of my funny stories too. That reminded me of the Cannibal Cafe. So I was, I, it actually happened on the, the Metro back home from class today. I was sitting with my friend and she was just staring at me and I was like, what? She said, um, so English isn't her first language. <laughs> and she said, your skin, <laughs> your skin looks so juicy. <laughs> I know. I was like, the first thing that went to mind was the Cannibal Cafe. <laughs> and I was laughing about it. I just lost it. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I know. I was like, I know what you're trying to say, and technically you're not wrong. But, <laughs> but it's also, it sounds like you want to eat me. Juicy. She just like had this shock on her face. She's like, your skin is so juicy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Andrea, what's your what's your story? I don't know if this is on a related note, but I guess so. Um, I've gotten I feel like I get a lot of exercise throughout the day with the job because I do a lot of walking, but I just started like pelotoning again, like seriously. <laughs> Which is the cult, as Nick had brought up in <laughs> one of the earliest earliest bonus episodes on our uh, Patreon. But uh, shout out to Sarah who got me hooked. Thank you very much. So that's actually been a lot of fun. I am obsessed with Cody Rigsby. He makes me so happy. I have a hard time doing any other instructor. (laughs) Just saying. But on that note of feeling good and feeling juicy, (laughs) I also, I got a dress for the millions of weddings that I'm going to in the next year, not including my own. That's in a year and a half. I got this beautiful black dress from Lulu's and I tried it on this morning when I looked like a trash panda and it made me feel really good about myself. I was like, oh, who is she? She's juicy. She's juicy. Also, um, it was, I'm so sorry about your cold and not so sunny day, but it was, it was almost hitting about, well, I guess it was mid sixties in New York city and sunny and so warm. I wore a sweater today and it was a terrible idea. So I kissed good, goodbye to seasonal depression. (laughs) I was like, bye Felicia. Seasonal depression is still going strong here. I know. Rainy she's going to come back. Um, she's going to come back because it's supposed to be kind of cold and rainy. <laughs> but um, today, I was like, bye, Felicia. You can come back on a later date. But yeah, it's my uh, palate cleansers, I guess. So, Emily, shall we do our summoning chant? My body is ready for bed. If I can burp by the end of this, you know I will, but you know I won't. <clears throat> I don't think you will. But if you did, it would be magical. I need to because I really need it. I feel it. I feel something bubbling up within me, and I know it won't be a perfect. <laughs> just vomit. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna vomit everywhere. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just can't stop thinking about that one video on TikTok with the guy who checks his seltzer and he's like, oh, what, what do, do I, I do? do? And he just runs into the garage door with each thud. <laughs> like that's gonna be me. <laughs> Also, the sound that he made, he's like, yeah. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, my Sora summoning chant. Uh, guess what, guys? I've been going absolutely ham on Twitter. And our Twitter is at... Grizzly Graves. You bet. And also our Instagram, which I feel like is the most popular form of social media right now for everyone who's following us. And that is at... Grizzly Graves. You bet your bottom dollar. We also have a Facebook page, which is our name... At Grizzly Grapes. It's not at Grizzly Grapes. Oh, it's Grizzly Grapes. Grizzly Grapes Podcast. Oh, no. At their little group. So if you want to join that, feel free. We're not quite as active on Facebook, I feel, but we still try our darndest. Um, we have a website. So if you have a hard time finding anything, it is www.grizzlygrapes.com. Please keep those suggestions coming. They are so fun and so interesting. We look forward to them all. And you can send them to us on our social media or you can send them to us on our Gmail, which is Grizzly Grapes at gmail.com. Aren't you proud of me? I didn't do it. I know. <laughs> I There's like some hesitation there. I felt the tension. <laughs> It's like, I'm going to do it wrong again. We have a Patreon, guys. I love you all. Thank you so much. Um, in our last episode, if you caught it, uh, we had the our dad, our dad's song, our dad's remix. Um, remix. Yeah, featured on there. So if you want to download that for yourself, make your, your ringtone, you can. But it's on our Patreon. So that's Patreon. Dash. Grizzly Grapes. Dot com. We also have a merch store, and I have a new design I need to update. <laughs> and I Emily, you still owe me a piece of cake. I know. I still owe you that cake. That juicy, juicy cake. <laughs> the Delaware. The, uh, Delaware <laughs> slash South Dakota. Well, guys, hopefully you'll have a cake design soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's threadless dash. Grizzly grapes. Oh, you cut out. Hold on. <laughs> I said grizzly grapes. Oh yeah, sorry. It uh, my audio is doing that weird like. Uh, uh, uh. On that note, stay gurpy. Bye. Bye. Oh my god! I accidentally clicked on. Um, Instagram, and I don't know why I had your chat open, and it just pulled up that one like trash can Paul. <laughs> it says, I, I fucking love radiation. I want to fucking eat the elephant's foot at Chernobyl. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's so random and disturbing. I hate it so much. <laughs>